This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to the Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show. Each episode, you can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com and more of our podcasts at obsessiveviewer.com/podcasts. Uh, also, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com/obsessiveviewer. And I ran out of thoughts about what to do. Uh, you can also follow us on Letterbox at obsessiveviewer at obsessivetiny and at I am Mike White. Uh, today on the podcast, we are going to be reviewing episodes one and two of Game of Thrones, uh, season eight, uh, Winterfell and a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms and tiny. How's it going? And what did I miss in that? Like off the cuff. Thing? <coughs> You're right. I didn't cough. I did, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I had to get that in for both of us. Uh, I am well. Good. Very well. Nice. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you missed a lot, really. I don't think so either. Yeah, we, yeah. we hit the whore button and mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. Also, you can us. donate at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Yeah, you can do that. That's my goats. Yeah, so uh, Tiny, we have a lot of stuff to. Well, I mean, uh, quite a bit to cover. It's been a while. It has <laughs> been a while. Let's start yeah. with that. Uh, we have been, uh, kind of out of commission for the last few weeks, which is funny because this is April 2019. It is the biggest month in our lives. Yeah. Essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, Breakthrough. (laughs) Are you familiar with that movie, by the way? No. It's... it's, Oh, yeah. I've seen the trailers. Yeah. 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 Based crazy Right. Right. Um... Also, Twilight Zone, but, you know. Yeah. Tiny, you're going to make an appearance on my solo podcast anthology, right? I am. Are you excited? Uh-huh. Nice. Okay. I, okay. I, I thought there was going to be more. Like, I know. So did I. I'm so excited to, to be able to to be on this amazing podcast. <sighs> I got nothing. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Have you rated and reviewed anthology on... Uh, on uh, yeah. Apple Podcasts? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I think so. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Che- I honestly, we. If you want to support us, go and rate us on iTunes and stuff. I rarely check that because <laughs> I do not want to be. I don't not want my feelings hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about Game of Thrones. This is yes. going to be. We're kind of getting back into the swing of things after a little uh, three week little hiatus here. And honestly, in terms of plot, there's not a lot of ground to cover with these episodes. Um, so we're going to kind of have a freeform kind of discussion of each episode. Um, first, before we get into it, Tiny, what is what were your anticipations for uh, the se- the final series? How did you feel about Game of Thrones going into it? I know that we have had over the last uh, several years, we've had you know bonus reviews where we talk about each season, just about each season. I think there's one or two that we we missed, um, and we mm-hmm. started in season three, so you know there's that. But um, how did you feel about uh, Game of Thrones going into the final season? And even though everyone and their mother has watched the episodes, just fair warning, we're going to be spoiling season eight, the first two episodes, Winterfell and A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, Yep. Uh, in this episode. So if you haven't watched those two episodes, go watch them, come back and listen to us. So Tiny, expectations for season eight, 
thoughts on the series up to this point? Um, soups high. I had nice. soups high expectations. Um, I had salads high. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nice. I had half sandwich. Okay, let's stop. Stop. Uh, let's stop. A little French dip. <laughs> <laughs> Sliders. <laughs> I don't know. Um, dragon slider. Uh, so I had really high expectations because it's the last season and it took them two fucking years to make it. And, yeah. um, it, the last season was so great. So great. Um, I think they just left us all wanting so much and the internet wouldn't shut up about it for the last two years. Um, the last couple months, it's just been 60 days till Game of Thrones, 26 days right. till Game of Thrones. And it's just like, oh my god, I know. <laughs> um, I, oh my god, I know, I'm the same way. So, um, high expectations, and I, I thought they were gonna kinda like, like launch out of a cannon, it, like so right off, you know, it was like the six episodes, not a lot of time. Even these extended episodes or whatever, not a lot of time. Yeah. Like, let's, come on, let's hop to it here. I was so surprised by those Me too. Episodes, just because, me I too. really thought that too. I I thought we were just going to hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. Um, I figured there would be White Walkers in Winterfell at like the thirty minute mark. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's what I was thinking. Mm. But I'm so glad they didn't do that. Interesting. Because I I don't know if some I haven't really honestly I haven't like read the reactions to the episodes sure. like on online. I've really just been doing the memes because they're uh-huh. they're fantastic. Right. Um. But like. I w- I've been really satisfied with them, and I think it's because it just speaks volumes to how great these characters are, because mm. it's so satisfying to see them come together. Yeah. And they've been apart, for, they've all been apart for so long, mm. or they've been at odds for so long. Yes. And it's just like, we're so familiar with these characters as individuals or in cliques, if you will, but to see them all come together, it's just like, oh man, how's this guy going to react to seeing this person again? Or it's like, how is this going to, like, you know, reference all the memes that you've seen over the last two weeks. (laughs) Um, It's been fascinating to watch all that play out and it's been Mm -hmm. satisfying. And I think it's because, you know, there's a fantastic plot afoot in this show Mm -hmm. that we're all in love with and want to see what happens. But I think we just love these characters too. And, and to see them, do what they do the last two weeks has been just charming and uh and satisfying and and it's it's not what i expected but i've really enjoyed it uh same here like it's it's interesting because i let's see so um i've i've really liked game of thrones (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh quite a bit over the last several years um i do uh i do um I, I, I've been on record as not being too crazy about the last two seasons. Okay. Um, specifically last season, I just, I don't know, something about it just didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't, I didn't feel that momentum that I do every episode. Like, okay, Game of Thrones is a, is a series that gives me severe anxiety when I watch it. Like, yeah. I feel so tense every time. And I did get that feeling from season, season seven, but, I, I think that just the knowledge that at that point they were well past the books and they didn't have like they were kind of going through uncharted territory hmm. like the time the time frame kind of got muddled like ravens were going really fast yeah um Gendry was traveling really fast to get to like it, it just seemed like they were taking some shortcuts and everything and that kind of dampened the experience for me and also just the I don't know I I just felt like I wasn't as connected to the story as I was throughout. Uh, the series, the seasons leading up to that. So going into season eight, I was like, okay, um, we'll see what they do. Like I, I was excited <laughs> and everything, but I was kind of like, 
is it going to be classic Game of Thrones or is it going to be, you know, this new Game of Thrones? Um, jury's kind of still out. Uh, we'll see yeah. at the end of the six episodes. But, man, I like I had such an interesting experience watching the first two episodes. Because the first episode I was I was a little, like... I wouldn't say I was a little lukewarm on, but I was like kind of just like, okay, it was good. It was good. Um, not a lot happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of setup, a lot of just getting people in place. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I enjoyed it. And uh, a friend of the show, Robert, in Utah, he actually pointed out that a lot of the first episode kind of mirrored the pilot episode in, in unique ways. Like, it did, yeah. Yeah, like the kid climbing to see the arrival of the <clears throat> king and queen. Right. Um, uh, ending with Bran and uh, Jamie looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and some other some other stuff. Also, uh, we'll get into the tweets and everything and and like reactions. But one one tweet that I was I was really really proud of this tweet. <laughs> so as if you guys are coming at this from a long t- from in the future, um. The end of season seven saw Jon Snow and Daenerys Daenerys Targaryen. Khaleesi. Yeah. Wow. How did Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons. Yeah. Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys. She and and Jon hook up, and it's all like, oh, you know, it's incest. Right. Uh, But they don't know it. Um, (laughs) But that was another thing that that was that was my that was honestly my biggest gripe about season seven was that I felt like. The writing wasn't as sharp, and like it seemed like they were just trying so hard to get this relationship in place. And I just, I didn't buy like the evolution of John and uh, Danny. I just, I didn't, I wasn't into it. I just wasn't. It's a bit shoehorned. It, it was. It yeah. was. It was just. It was really quick, and it was just like. But I wanted it so bad. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I just wanted it, well, <laughs> and so I think we all did, and so that's oh, why. Totally. Yeah. Um, but it, like I was just like, okay, that's it's fine. Yeah. But it was just like I just it, I had a hard time kind of buying it. Like it was like when they were finally like banging at the end of this at the end of the finale. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well that's they had to get put in their place, put in put into their specific place for the final season. Right. Um, but. If you're listening to this in the future, the end of season seven featured John and Danny having sex, mm-hmm. and then the first episode of season eight, titled Winterfell, uh, featured a scene in which John actually rode like one of the dragons. Right. Um, <laughs> which there was a lot of reactions like we just we like you wasted so much time to what wasted like ten minutes showing this freaking dragon date, mm. um, but. <laughs> like my favorite tweet that I made was uh, funny, interesting parallel between the season finale of season seven and the season finale of season eight. Uh, both episodes feature John riding the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's awesome. I was really proud of that. That's good. Um, but yeah. So well, how did you feel about season or episode one uh, Winterfell? And also, did you notice that they did not release like the title of the episode until like after it aired? Right. Yeah. So right. That's a practice that I kind of I don't. It's what it. It is what it is. But it, right. It drives me a little crazy. Like seeing like when you go onto HBO Go, it's like Game of Thrones sixty eight. It's like that's not the title of the episode. Right. And there's no read. Sh- there's no need to shroud it in that much mystery yeah. either. It's just the title of the episode. I don't think yeah. it's that big a deal. I think it's. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, I enjoyed it. I think. Like you said, there's a lot of setup, a lot of politics, mm-hmm. a lot of moving the chess pieces into their positions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think it's it's a little more than that. It's a little more complicated than that. I I enjoyed the politics of regime change, if you will, because mm-hmm. um, we know how you know the people of the north are are not receptive to outsiders, and, right? Um, and it's it's a rough transition, you know. Um, even though I think a lot of them have the feeling that it might be the right way to go, mm-hmm. that's just their nature. Um, and I think a big part of their their whole thing, because judging from what Sansa said to Danny in episode two, um, is that they want to be independent of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. They want to be their own their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an underlying kind of kind of thing. Also, right. by the way, before I watched the first episode, I watched a, an hour long recap of the entire series. Oh, really? <laughs> on Screen Junkies, uh, like I, I literally like sat here for fifty five minutes and watched this recap that went beat by beat, like all the plot elements, and I was like. That was perfect. Nice. <laughs> That's exactly what I needed. I should have done something like that. Yeah. But I didn't. Um, I wanted, a couple months ago, I was thinking, like, could I get it all watched before? I really thought I could, too. Yeah, because I've only watched, I've never, I've never, I've never seen any episode more than once. Oh, interesting. I've never rewatched any of it. Wow. So it would have been good to do it, but mm. I think it's, uh, rewatching TV shows is more of a challenge now than it used yeah. to be. So a luxury you don't really have anymore. Exactly, exactly. So I am hoping that after <clears throat> this after the series ends, I'm hoping to re probably uh rewatch the series from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and then finally read the books. Okay. Wait another ten years for the for the rest of the books to come out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, but I think I think the politics have been interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Just you know, these people don't like each other, and and but they're kind of excuse me, they're kind of forced to come together in this moment of need. It's desperate times call for desperate measures yeah. type situation here. Um, they have to bury the hat, bury like a a, a murder of hatches. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like hatchets. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the with the a bundle of hatchets. Right, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um and it's not even that necessarily people have wronged other people, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Davos was so loyal to uh Stannis. Stannis for so long and it's like loyalties have shifted so much and like Tyrion's a Lannister and it's just like mm-hmm. there's Starks and Targaryens and all these people have to come together and it's like they're not necessarily enemies, but they're not friends either. Right. And just just that di- that dynamic is just really fascinating mm-hmm. to see, um, and I I've, I appreciate it a lot more than I thought I would, um, mm-hmm. even though I want I kind of wanted and I was expecting like some action. So so know. did I, but I, I was fine with her not. One thing, and there were there were like little things here and there in the first episode where I was like, okay, this I was a little shaky on like the whole. Um, oh, I can't remember who I think it was. It was Bran who said to Danny. Um, said like he, uh, the Night King has one of your dragons. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this, which yeah. I thought was great because it's like yeah. okay, he's cutting to the chase. But it's also like I feel like maybe that was the first time that Danny like found out that her dragon had been turned into like a zombie. Yeah, like, maybe spend some time like talking about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like I know we've had two years to know about that. Yeah, but it's also like and I and I and I had time to know about that before I watched the episode because some fucking person on the internet spoiled it for me. But that's fine. It's mm. you know it's it's cool to post something on Facebook two minutes after the episode airs. Right. Totally cool. But anyway, yeah. uh, still haven't forgiven that person. Like if the finale <laughs> leaks, and I I I, I, I almost want to yeah find it, watch it, 
and then uh, spoil it for that person. Nice. Because um, uh, uh, a Lannister always pays his debts. Yes. A podcaster always pays yes. his debts. Um, yeah. Anyways. Anyway. What did you, what were your expectations and whatnot? Whew, um, my expectations were the same as your. I was expecting more action. Mm-hmm. And I was a little lukewarm on, on the kind of lack, not lack of action, but just more. I felt Progress. Like, like, yes, like progress. progress. Yeah, like I really thought because, because like okay, they have six episodes to tell the final final like story leg of the story. I thought like okay, we were gonna go fast paced. Like yeah. I figured, like I knew that episode three was gonna be the big battle. Um, okay, and so I figured okay, well they're gonna have like some kind of crazy stuff happen in the first two episodes, and then like the battle, and I'm like like we're not gonna have time to breathe. Um, that's all we had time for in the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, the second episode I liked a lot more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Not to say I didn't like the first one, but again, it was just setting pieces on the chessboard. Um, we got King's Landing. Um, Cersei and Euron Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole thing, like I, I don't know. I. It kind of like I don't remember. I wish I wish I could have rewatched the series before. Uh, before going into the final season, but like, I feel like he was like he was he was doing the same stuff last season, like saying like oh, I'm gonna fuck the queen. Yeah. Only I think he was talking about Danny for a while, but then he's like, oh no, Cersei's the queen. I'm gonna fuck the queen. Mm-hmm. And then like finally, finally, he gets to fuck the queen. <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, that's that's fine. Um, but I I don't know something about his maybe I just don't like him. <laughs> like oh, he's character. awful. Yeah. Um. And there's a, there's a distinction to be made. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to gauge whether or not I like if I don't like him as a character or if I don't like the actor. Hmm. I think the actor does a fine enough job. He was in something else, but I can't remember. <laughs> but um, I kind of feel like his character, the way they write him, he's a little too much. Yeah, like, he's just too. He's almost like a caricature or a parody yeah. of a Game of Thrones character. Like he's like an SNL sketch mm-hmm. in in King's Landing. Yeah, that's a good um, way to put it. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. It's just I'm getting kind of sick of his shtick. His character is why I stopped reading the books. That's right. I remember you mentioning. Yeah, because I think it was the fourth book or maybe even the third. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but like in the first, I don't know, few chapters. They're at the Iron Islands, and this guy shows up, and I'm like, really? There's a new fucking character oh, I gotta yeah. learn? And I was like, oh, man, I don't care. I don't care about this guy. What's going on with Tyrion and mm-hmm. Khaleesi and the Starks and all these people? I don't want to learn about this new fucking guy. I don't care. And I was just <laughs> upset. I was like, you're a great writer, man, but damn it. Let's go. I just, yeah. And that's why I stopped reading the books. Interesting. Not that it was bad. I'm not trying to say the books are bad. I'm just saying they weren't for me. Right, and I got more. I get more out of the show, so that's understandable. Yeah. Um, are you going to revisit the books at any point? I don't plan to. No. Interesting. Don't plan to because who the fuck knows if they're ever going to get finished. I, so. That's true too. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Say for sake of argument that it gets finished. Like he he hammers down, finishes the books. Mm-hmm. People rave about them. Um, would you? Would you seek them out knowing that obviously, like the the. The books, the, the show has diverged from the books 
far enough that we know that the ending uh, the ending of the series is not going to be the ending of the books. Okay. Will you reconsider reading the books? Yeah, I'll consider it. Yeah, I will consider it definitely. Cool. After you listen to anthology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's stupid. Um. So anyway, so he finally fucks a queen. And what did you make of the the scene where he's like, "I'm I'm going to put a son in you." Yeah. Um. And she's like, "Hey, that's a good idea because he's romantic. already pregnant." Right. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. Um, what did you like? I, sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not that interested in it really. Yeah. Um, because I'm not sure what what her plan is. She's just trying to have an heir in place, or I, guess. I really I really don't know what what her plan is. Um, and it's because you know she's she's crazy, right? right. <laughs> it's like it's not what are you fighting for here, lady? Yeah. You know, you're not going to have any any land to rule over or whatever. Um, I <laughs> I do think it's a little. I don't know how to phrase it because it's not like it's convenient or anything. It's it's a little, it's a little cleaner than I like my Game of Thrones to be. That the whole like this setup of this season is like okay, well, you know they're gonna have their little fight in the north with with the zombies, and then whoever's left, that's what Cer- Cersei's just gonna decimate them, and she's gonna take over everything. Like that's right. the whole plan, and like both sides know that that's the plan, and it's just like it kind of seems like that's. It's a little clean, like it's not yeah. like that. And I guess we're in the in terms of the story, we're past the political intrigue and the family betrayals and stuff, um, because it's much like you know, the Night King can turn people into into whites and White Walkers, and you know, uh, there's not much room for you know Lannister sending the regards and stuff. Right. Um, it's reality. Yeah. Exactly. Harsh reality. Yeah. So it's like. I get that we can get like a linear plot points and everything, but it's just like, I don't know. It just seems a little clean there. And then you introduce this whole, like, what did you think of this also? Um, but you introduce the whole idea that, that, uh, Cersei is going, is paying Bronn to go kill her brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you feel about that? That was again, like a little bit to use the term again, shoehorned mm-hmm. or it's like, um, by the time we got to season two, by the time we get to episode two, you just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Because way. it's just like, how realistic is this? Right. At, at this moment, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, how do, I don't understand. I think, I think Cersei, Cersei's the most irrational person. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think other people see how irrational she is, but they're just kind of riding the wave still. Sure. And that being Euron Greyjoy and mm-hmm. uh, Braun, that's like the easiest wave to ride at the moment. Yeah. Just kind of play things out and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like Euron is actually trying to create some kind of monarchy mm-hmm. or like, insert himself into what he thinks is going to be the winning team. Mm-hmm. I think he's just taking the easy route. Yeah. I, I really don't know. It, it doesn't seem like th- it doesn't seem like that's going to factor into the end game. Right. Or like, like Bron, I think Braun is just doing the same thing. He's like, I'm just going to see how this plays out. Yeah. But meanwhile, she gives him this order and he's just like, okay, like I, what's with this fucking family? Uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm just, it's hard to, it's hard to interpret, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not, not that interested. It's hard to focus on anything other than the white walkers. Yeah. yeah, It's just, that's, that's a big part of it too. Right. Um, yeah. As far as Braun is concerned, like, uh, Braun, of course, played by Jerome Flynn, who's going to be in the new dark tower. He is. Ah. 
Um, anyway, uh, please be good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he, like, it, it just seems, it seemed like, um, not contrived, but it seemed like it was, um, well, contrived or manufactured drama. Yeah. Okay, we need something to link King's Landing and Winterfell. We need this character to stay relevant. Exactly. Yeah. And also, um, I didn't know this, and apparently, like, obviously, for, like, hardcore Game of Thrones fans that are listening, I apologize because this is obviously common knowledge. But I just kind of found out specifics uh, recently that uh, do you do you know anything about why um, the the scene where Braun is given the crossbow was between Braun and some random members of the Queen's Guard? No. Um, Jerome Flynn used to date Lena Headey. Right, and they won't speak to each other. They won't speak to each other. And yeah, like, it's I think it's in. Lena Headey's contract that she will not be in a scene with with yeah Jordan. I think I knew that yeah so like that's why like that's why they're never on screen together I think that uh, there's like one scene in last season when they all meet mm-hmm. um, at King's Landing like to reveal the White Walkers yeah um I think it's that scene but like Bronn like talks to Tyrion and then he's like oh, I'm gonna go get some get some ale or something yeah and he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's funny yeah so that's pretty interesting um so yeah so by the end of episode one what how did you feel going like how did you feel about episode one overall it's it's hard to, it was hard not to be optimistic just because you're so happy that it's back mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it's finally back yeah um so i i felt pretty good and like i said it's not what i expected but i'm i'm strangely pretty happy with it mm-hmm. i it's it's like i said the characters are just so great mm-hmm. and we're so connected to everything now it's hard it's hard to like dislike anything, I guess. Right. I think maybe years from now or whatever, which I think it'll be years before I rewatch all this. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. If I if I'm watching this in, if I'm binging it essentially, mm-hmm. um, and I get to this part, I think my opinion might change, and I'll be like, yeah, they should have done this sure. differently, or you know, this this could have been done differently. Mm. Um, but you know, in real time, it's hard. It's kind of hard to process. Yeah, it's kind of hard to process these two episodes in the grand scheme. Yeah, without the context of how right we get into the whole yeah. story. Well, and how we've we've been deprived for two years. Yeah, and oh, yeah. there's just you know the con- context is key. Mm-hmm. And also, um, a couple of things. There was there was a tweet that I oh <laughs> again tooting my own horn and I'm sorry tweeting my own horn, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> The scene where Sam tells John yes. about his true heritage. Um, a tweet that I made was um, uh, basically set in that scene. So this is a conversation between Sam and John. John, I've got some... Okay, well, hang on. This is a conversation between Sam and John where Sam is about to tell John about his true heritage. Mm-hmm. John, I've got something important to tell you. Oh my god, Sam, me too. You won't believe this. You need to hear this first, John. Uh, you won't believe what I did today, Sam. And then both at the same time. Um, I rode a dragon today. You're banging your aunt. <laughs> Record scratch. <laughs> um, I'm so excited because I'm going to edit that together to have it be at the same time. Anyway. Oh my uh, god. So yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I'm glad that I wasted so much time uh, finding that tweet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, I got a lo- I got a big kick out of seeing uh, the memes and everything. How did you feel 
about the end of the first episode showing uh, Bran or showing Jamie arriving at Winterfell and like looking Bran dead in the face. I mean, that's like the definition of, oh, snap. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, holy shit. And like, it, it, like season or episode two, they, uh, they, they speak finally. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I was just like, edge of my seat, like, oh my God, what the fuck can he possibly say right. in this? Scenario? Like, there's nothing you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, Bran, oh my God. It's episode two, but he's like, he's like, he's like, the things we do for love. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, he said that. Uh, and I, I forgot that nobody knows. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. the only one who knows. I yep. forgot. I was like, he's never told anybody, has yeah. he? Um, yeah. He's no snitch. Yeah, um, yeah, he's not. He is not. Um, I, I loved the, and again, it's episode two, but I loved the line where he's, where, uh, Jamie's like, well, what about afterwards? And Brandon's just like, what? Uh, how do you phrase it? He what makes like, you think there's going to be an afterwards? What makes you think there's going to be an afterwards? Yeah. Um, like, okay, first of all, the whole, like, memification of Bran being creepy. Yes. Is so great. It is. And, like, it kind of invaded my, uh, my viewing of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, when John, like, hugs him or whatever. Yeah. I kind of just imagined, because in, like, the last season or so, when he says to Sansa, like, you looked very pretty on your wedding night. Yeah. Um, which is fucked up because she was raped on her wedding night. Right. Um, but I just, I just, I keep putting that weird, creepy thing into every other situation that he has in the series. So, like, <laughs> like when John hugs him, he's like, you looked really pretty when you were fucking your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or, or next episode, Arya's going to go up to, you looked really pretty when you were losing your virginity. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, super creepy. Dude. Yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, um... I I was super uh I was I was I ended up being impressed by the episode overall the first episode um mm-hmm. the more I kind of reflected on I'm I'm glad that they're taking their time and everything and it's interesting cuz on one hand it's like okay well they said they have like x number of hours left of story and it's like I kind of take that to mean like okay they're going to you know speed it up and everything but it's it's nice that they're taking their time and everything and it's it's kind of nice to let let the characters grow into their final like moments. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to fucking die. Right. Um, yeah. So going into episode two, how, how did you feel and what, uh, what did you think of it overall? Um, going into episode two, I was expecting things to ramp up a little bit, but then I was like, I was like, I don't think they're going to get to the battle yet. I really don't know. And so as, as the, I didn't really know what to expect with episode two, really. I, I wasn't sure. And, and so, as, you know, like a few, probably 10 minutes in, I'm like, all right, this is all going to be about the night before, like enjoying your last moments. And like, this show has just been jam packed with tragedy and just yeah. people being separated, families and lives wrecked. It's, mm-hmm. it's a dark fucking show. Yeah. Right. And like the Starks, like, uh, just, it's so fucking sad. And it's like, you, we can't have nice things in Westeros, right. and it's like, this can only last for so long, mm. and it's like, it's been so nice over the last, oh, I don't know, the couple, maybe a couple episodes or two at the end of season seven, mm. and the first episode, it's been nice having everybody back together, and it's been enjoyable, and it's been everything I wanted. Right. 
but it's like this is gonna end bad and so yeah. like let's enjoy this for now while we're at it mm-hmm. and i was like nobody's gonna sleep the night right. before this you know this is potentially the end of the world mm-hmm. and so um i was like i i'm just very interested to see how all these people interact with each other and mm-hmm. what's gonna happen and um some shit's gonna be hilarious i just know it mm-hmm. some stuff's gonna be dramatic and sad there's gonna be some sadness i was like i yeah, I, I knew that this was going to be after, like, like I said, like probably ten minutes, ten minutes in, I was like, okay, there's, there's not going to be action here. I was like, let's just. I think this was the better episode because it was like, let's enjoy this, and it's like as the audience and as the filmmakers and the writers and the set designers, costume, the actors, everybody, let's just enjoy this for this episode mm-hmm. because it's a lot of it's going to be gone yeah. after next week. And that's exactly what I wanted. And I didn't know it. And, and it was, it was great. I, okay. So I, I tweeted about this, like, okay. Episode two, a night of the seven kingdoms. It is on paper. It is like the most fan service episode ever. It is like, we finally, like the entire episode is putting characters together to essentially, like, it's essentially wrapping up multiple story arcs. Yeah. Um, because everyone thinks they're gonna die. Everyone's probably gonna die. Mm-hmm. Um, also, <laughs> something so cool. I'm sending it to you right now. There was a promotional, like, poster for the final season before the premiere, uh, that show, this is so cool. It shows the dead bodies of everyone. <laughs> oh my god. Um, covered in snow in the shape of the Iron Throne. And if you like zoom in, you can see like there's there's Danny, Bran, John, uh, Arya, Brienne, uh, the Hound, Varys, Varys. Um, like everyone is in this is in this, and they're all like dead. And it's like it's the it's the coolest like promotional yeah thing. But I hadn't seen that. Yeah, but as fan servicey as this episode was, um, my God, it. It it could be one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. Nice. Um, it is astounding. Um, it's just it's beautifully written. There's it's it's a beautiful hour of television because it is as much as it could be construed as fan service and still kind of like just waiting until the big moment of the season, mm-hmm. one of the big moments of the season. As much as it can be of that, um, it's still like plays so well into our collective hands as viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's beautiful. Like it's just, it's a beautiful hour of television. And I want to share a tweet that I thought was the, one of the funniest things I've read. <laughs> uh, one of the funniest tweets I saw from this episode about this episode, um, from C underscore grace T on Twitter. Um, and this is in reference to the fireside, like camp out, like nighting scene, like sequence that was just beautiful freaking amazing it I was loved it yeah um <laughs> the tweet <laughs> the tweet was <laughs> okay okay um dear night king you see us as you want to see us in the simplest terms in the most convenient <laughs> no <terms>. way <laughs> but what we found out is that each one of us is a king slayer a giant spain a hand of the king 
a knight, an onion smuggler, uh, and a squire. <laughs> that is great. Oh my god. I thought that was the best thing. Like that was the uh, that was the best tweet I read the entire night. That is fantastic. So perfect. Oh my god. Of course, for those who don't know, that is a reference to the Breakfast Club. Oh man, that's funny. So great. Uh, um but yeah, so that episode had so much going for it. It was so beautifully done. Incredible. Like the This is a show that um, multiple times throughout the entire series run, as I referenced before, I get anxious about what's going to happen. I get like, mm-hmm. I get like literally like I'm nervous about what's going to happen. Like I don't get that reaction from other shows. This is just a show that I know that it's, I know that it's not going to go the way that I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like the show has conditioned me into being shocked by things. Um, but this episode was unique in that it was just characters reuniting, meeting up, having their final words together in some cases, probably. Um, and it gave me a different kind of anxiety. <laughs> like it gave me this feeling of dread. Like I am not emotionally prepared for whatever's going to happen on Sunday. I know. Like I, I feel like it is going to be, I feel like there is potential that the battle of Winterfell could be like the most devastating episode of all of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And this is a show that has built itself upon having devastating moments. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't fathom what's going to happen. Um, and another interesting thing, for some reason, since it was so long between seasons, last, so th- the season before last, there was the Battle of the Bastards, uh, which is still one of the most just gorgeously shot episodes of television I've ever seen. Yes. Incredible fight choreography. Just the scale of it is, it's better than most like war movies. Yeah. Um, incredible. So that episode was directed by Miguel, uh, Sapochnik. Um, and like between season six and seven, it was revealed like he wasn't going to direct an episode of season seven. For some reason in the interim between seven and eight, I got it in my head that he wasn't going to direct an episode of season eight. For some reason, I just didn't, I thought he wasn't going to do it. Okay. Uh, he's directing the battle of Winterfell. Nice. So, uh, that makes me even more excited about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, let's talk about Arya and Gendry. Mm -hmm. Gendry, 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 Gendry. Um, first of all, there was a bit of, I don't want to say controversy because that's stupid, mm-hmm. but there was a uh, backlash over it. Like people were like, Oh, that's so disturbing. You know, we've watched her grow up and everything. Right. Did you feel any of that? Oh yeah. Okay. But I wasn't, I didn't see it as a controversy. I was just like, okay. Oh, this is weird. Cause she's like, she's my little sister and right. you know, but I was like, Oh, she's a woman now, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's, yeah, that, and I'm glad you said that because I, I had this tweet again, I was really proud of. Um, so, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this, uh, Twitter edition of the, <laughs> yeah. Um, but my tweet was essentially, okay, so there was, there was, um, a, like controversy over it saying like, oh, they shouldn't have done that because we've watched her grow up and she was like, she was a kid when, when it started and everything. And like, that's the point. She's a woman yeah, now. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And so I feel like in a nutshell, that's America. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know about you, but like, I know like me, like Mike and, and I, like, I, like I would consider myself a feminist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely am all for you know feminism go right, um, but I feel like the whole reaction to Arya initiating a consensual sexual encounter um, on her own terms, getting a backlash from like America in particular, mm-hmm. is like a perfect summation of America itself. Right. <laughs> like my tweet was. Young female character murders people and feeds the remains to their father before slitting his throat. America. Oh, shit. That was amazing. (laughs) Young but of age female character initiates a consensual sexual encounter and is in control of her actions. America. Hey, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's just like it's such a non-thing. It just seems like it's such a... I don't know. It just seems... I don't know. It just seems like it's something that's just really uh, a controversy that doesn't need to be a controversy. And right. It's just kind of reflective of... Just uh, overreaction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, having said that, there were some amazing memes. <laughs> yeah, there were. <laughs> yeah. That, the, one of my favorite ones was uh, the shot of her laying next, next to him, and it just says, a girl is disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there were a lot of people that uh, I saw. Well, I don't know about a lot of people, but I saw some stuff where a lot of people were like, because of that shot, everyone's like, "Oh, she's totally a lesbian." What? Yeah, and there people were like, "I've been getting, you know, she's such a tomboy," and it's like, "I've been getting lesbian vibes from Arya since the first season," and so. First of all, um, that's a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, just because she's tomboyish yeah. and stuff like that, which is a bit stereotypical. But that's really interesting. Yeah, and everyone's like, because because she's she doesn't seem very happy or satisfied or anything in that shot, wow. and so people are like, yeah, I, th- I think she's realizing in that moment that she's gay. <laughs> I kind of wonder if that's a lot of people just projecting on it. Yeah, I don't know, Be- or just completely forgetting the fact that you know. They're hours away from a battle that's likely going to end in right. a massacre. And see, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of the Winterfell Club? <laughs> the Winterfell <laughs> Club? Uh, that was just hugely satisfying. Yeah. Again, that's just that's what we all needed. And, and that's what I was... After after I figured out what this episode was, I was like, okay, that's that's what I want, and yeah. and, and it was hugely satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to see all these people coming from different backgrounds and like mm-hmm. all these personalities and storylines have converged to this moment, mm-hmm. and it's Tormund being weird as fuck. It, yes, <laughs> absolutely, but being Tormund as fuck yeah. too. Like that's oh yeah, that's just what he does. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just entertaining as shit. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just, and it can, the culmination of that with, uh, with Jamie knighting Brian of Tarth mm-hmm. was just so beautiful. Like, I thought that was just really spectacular. Absolutely. Um, and add to that the fact that, like, this was an episode that I didn't mind that we didn't have the title until after it was aired mm-hmm. because the title of the episode was A Night of, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. Um, and I thought that was just, that was perfect because, mm-hmm. God, that was that was such a satisfying sequence, and like, there's so much like catharsis going on throughout this entire episode that it just stands to reason that we're going to be devastated in a couple days. Yeah, yeah, one airs. It is. Um, um, it, it I, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the song as well. Oh, yes, it was sung there by oh, Podrick. Yeah, Podrick was amazing. Have you listened yeah. to the Florence and the Machine version of it? I, is that the one that played over the credits? Yeah, I, I just over the credits. It's okay. the only time I listened to it, but um, uh, a, just yeah. a very like chilling, haunting, and in, in a good way like um 
pleasantly haunting song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was, uh, it reminded me so much of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, interesting. Where, um, oh gosh, oh, uh, uh, Billy Boyd, um, it's Mary is singing for the, I haven't watched Lord of the Rings in a long time. Yeah. I've never read the books, but he's singing for the, um, like the placeholder king at Minas Tirith, I think. Oh, yeah. Is that what the name of that? And that's probably not the name sure. of it. The, but there, I think it's right before the big battle in uh, Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sings that, that kind of chilling song. Yeah. Um, kind of acapella like that. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of that. That's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of forgot about it. I, I'd seen like the references online and everything, but I had forgotten mm-hmm. about that. So it reminded me a lot of that. Um, yeah. Just a very somber thing. And apparently there's a ton of meaning behind that song. Yeah. I, did, I, I read it a little bit, but I was just like, that's going to have to be for later analysis. Yeah. Did you... Um, do you happen to know if like it's from the books or if it's something that the show created? I think it's kind of lore. I want to say mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of mentioned in passing in the books, but I don't think it's. I don't. I don't know. I, I remember, I'm really not sure. But um. Um. Yeah. Uh, the song is called Jenny of Old Stones. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it's beautiful. It is. Um, it, and the Florence and the Machine version is, is beautiful also. And I love that part of the lyrics, uh, the lyrics open with, uh, high in the halls of the kings who are gone. I just like that phrasing is just amazing because mm-hmm. given the context of where they're on the show, uh, Jenny would dance with her ghosts. Um, oh, okay. Uh, those words from the second book of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and, Pi- Ice and Fire series, uh, composed the opening line of Jenny of Oldstones, a song that's referenced throughout the Martin saga. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll read just a little bit here. Um, this is from theatlantic.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. Um, in Westeros history, Jenny was a common woman whom Duncan Targaryen fell in love with and married, thus triggering a war. He'd been betrothed to a Baratheon princess and abdicating his claim to the throne, making way for the line of succession that would lead to the fall of House Targaryen. Jenny believed herself to be descended from the First Men, the ancient race who first populated the continent. Uh, Martin's books didn't specify the full lyrics of the song, but the showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss filled in the blanks for the latest Thrones episode. Um, so yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. How do you rank this with, like, The Reigns of Castamere? Um, and have you listened to the Reigns of Castamere? <laughs> I have, yeah, I remember. Um, I think that one was a little bit better. Same, but again, it's hard to you know in the context of everything. This one just feels so prescient right now mm-hmm. and 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 uh, relevant at yeah. the at the moment that it's hard to decontextualize it and and compare it to that. Totally agree. But um, again, I I I'm looking forward in like three years or whatever, five <laughs> years or whatever, to rewatching this show and just taking it all right. in at once. I think that's how. It's weird. I feel like the advent of streaming has changed the way. Obviously, it's changed the way we consume television. But I'm not trying to go on a tangent here. Right. But it's it's changed the way that we analyze it as well. Totally. Because I feel like when you watch something all the if you watch all sixty episodes of something at once, it completely changes the way you interpret it. Also, every asshole has a podcast. Exactly. Some have three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think it's, that, that's why I think it's cool that we can rewatch stuff now and, and we can watch things the way that we do. Cause it's, 
it allows us to nerd out in different ways. Totally. Um, and we, it allows us to interpret things differently yeah. too. You know, I, uh, 30 years ago when they were reviewing shit, it, it's like you watched it once and that was it. And you watched it episodically yeah. and it's, it's, you know, there's stuff that you might not pick up on and mm-hmm. it allows filmmakers and creative people to add so many different layers and details and Easter eggs into their stuff that can be picked up later on. And not, I feel like game of Thrones is going to be full of that. Totally. Absolutely. And not to bring it back to my shameless self promotion, but like perfect example of that is the new twilight zone. I've watched each of those episodes like seven times Yeah, and put together all of my notes and everything. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but these episodes I've only watched once, so sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, the song I think is beautiful. I think that in the grand scheme of things, I like the reigns of Castamere more Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a lot, like you said, I have a lot of time away from like the red wedding and the reigns of Castamere as a song, granted I haven't read it in the books or anything, but like I picked up on it and I read like uh, the information about it after the Red Wedding episode aired. Um, that like this the story of the song is it's like the it's the story of Tywin Lannister. Basically, I think I believe it's it's him having a conversation with the like last like Lord of. Uh, uh, the of the rain the family of rains oh okay and like he it's him like murdering this guy and completely wiping this family off of the off the map um and just like i don't know something about the that context or whatever the real context is not <laughs> for my vague memories of it yeah um with the song is just a haunting quality to it yeah. but I feel like maybe after next, maybe after the next episode, uh, the uh, Jenny Voltstones will have a more darker and, and uh, tragic context because yeah. people are going to die a little bit. Um, one of my favorite lines of the episode was Tyrion saying, uh, "Him just him just saying like uh, we're gonna die at Winterfell," and him being like. Uh, who knows? When I die, maybe I'll march on to King's Landing and go after Cersei. <laughs> yeah, I was like that's pretty awesome. That was funny. Um, um, what did yeah. you think about the uh, the scene where Theon Greyjoy shows up? Oh yeah, yeah i I liked it, of course, but like because mm. I've always had interesting feelings on Theon because I feel like he never had a chance to be not a shit, right? Because he was just shit on his whole life, and he his was... His whole arc throughout the series has been incredible. It is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, it I feel is, like... It is removed penis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but, no, he's been... You know, from the get-go, he was just this captive and just yeah. treated as this outsider his entire life. So it's like, he was bound to turn on you and just yeah. be a shit. And, yeah. and he did that, and it backfired on him horribly. And I'm not saying he's... I, I feel bad for him at times, and it's like, I think he's earned the shit that he's been through, mm-hmm. um, but I, I want to see him succeed and make things right, and, and like I, I want to see that because, just because of the lot he was given in life wasn't yeah. really fair, and he was paying for mistakes that other people made. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, when we get to the final part of this po- <laughs> this episode, you were going to be upset with me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I do love, I love his reintroduction to Winterfell in this scene, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Cause, and I love like the, the bond he has with Sansa particularly. Right. Um, and it kind of just brings home just the, uh, the arc that he's had. Like you said, like he was, he was basically, he was Ned Stark's ward cause he kept the, he kept him after, 
Oh my god, what is Greyjoy's what's his father's name? Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Um Papa Greyjoy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um Oh god, I thought I could come up with it, but I can't remember. Anyway, like his after his failed like revolt against uh Robert Baratheon and like he was raised by the Starks and he didn't fit in, he was just the ward. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back after, you know, the war breaks out at the end of season one, he's trying to prove himself to his father, Papa Greyjoy. And he does that by try, like taking like try, taking Winterfell and like he has this just this mixed allegiance and like this like you said he doesn't have a good he was dealt a shitty hand mm-hmm. and also he lost his penis yeah um, arguably one of the most important things to a man <laughs> right <laughs> um, and especially him like he was you know uh, Lothario. Yeah, it's um, a good way to put it. I was gonna say he was a pussy yeah. hound. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lothario. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I we'll we'll talk about him in a bit. Okay. Um, okay. What did you think of the scene with Danny and John at the end, where John is like, "Hey, boo, I'm kind of your nephew." Right. I don't know if you're into that. And She's all like, uh, "You gonna take my throne?" <laughs> right. Um, He's like, I have more of a claim than you do. Yeah. Uh, and then saved by the horn. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, how did you feel about that and where the, they could possibly lead this storyline? It's awkward, but it's supposed to be awkward. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't think the awkwardness stems from them having sex with each other. Right. I think it stems from yeah. she's like, well, are you totally trying to take normal. my throne? Right, yeah. right. Um, I think... I think it's going to end up crushing us because I feel like the way they set that up, like Saved by the Horn there, mm-hmm. I feel like one of them is going to die this week. You really think so? I, maybe. Oh, I think I think one of them is going to die and it's never going to get resolved and it's going to be an unfortunate ending. Or there could be a scenario where it's like, oh, John gets stabbed and he's dying and she finds him on the battlefield before he dies and they get to have a final conversation and... Huh. It could be something like that. I don't. I have no idea. I could be way off. It could not yeah. be that at all. And they have to talk to each other again in a perfectly normal setting. And it's like, okay, this is awkward again. Uh, what's going to happen? And I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. That's interesting. And we'll, we'll I, I didn't conjecture here in a bit. But yeah, I didn't love it, but I didn't yeah. hate it either. Like uh, it just seemed more necessary, kind of. Right. Like in it in as in a pair of episodes where there isn't much plot progression. When we do have plot progression like that scene, mm-hmm. it seems like it's lacking the substance of like a well-written scene. It's yeah. like they're just pushing through that information. Right, right. Um, and how many ways can that conversation go? Exactly. That's the other yeah. point, yeah. He could start out with being like, hey, boo, um, I'm your <laughs> nephew. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, that's really interesting because um, do we have any other thoughts on the whole episode? Because there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot. But is there anything Um Not not necessarily. Was this the episode where Danny talked to Sam? Yeah, that, that was the last episode. Was that the first episode? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Oh my god. She's like, I killed your dad and yeah. your brother. Oh shit. And that was so awkward because he was so just like, awkward. Well, I guess now I'm there of uh of of uh my ha- or my brother will my brother will be more uh right. lenient than my father was. About that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's interesting. Like, I, my God. Um, I think uh, John Bradley is that the actor's name who plays Samuel? I think so. Um, phenomenal job. Totally. Um, I love that because 
he's like crying, but he's keep like he's doing this whole kind of like political like like political like servitude kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's burying his reaction <clears throat> and trying not to show emotion because he knows that like she has this like great power. Like she's the she's gonna be the queen. Right. Um I just I love that as like projecting or or telegraphing like what kind of ruler she would be. Because mm. I, I kind of believe like she's gonna be like a mad queen. <laughs> like it's not really I really think that's where it's leading. And like to kind of talk I I kind of have a feeling that she might, uh, well, I'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was a great scene. Um, yeah. What what else about that? (laughs) Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than hashtag awkward. Yeah. Also the scene with her and Sansa where, yes, in the second episode where they're, where she's trying to like bridge that gap there mm-hmm. um and sans is being like super stern saying like well we don't want to be ruled by anyone we just want to live our lives and uh i love that like that scene like she like danny like puts her hands on sansa's and then like when sansa like stands firm and says like she's going like we we're not going to be ruled again yeah. she just like kind of takes her hands off and it's like clearly like there's going to be some animosity there no matter what right um just really good yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it makes me... And it scenes like that that make me think she's not going to be the Mag Queen. Okay. She's not going to be a Mag Queen. And just throughout... I mean, she's done some stuff. I think she's going to be a bit... She would be a bit of a balance if she mm-hmm. becomes the Queen. I think she'll be... She's ruthless in so many ways, but I don't think what she does is mad. I don't... Okay. You know, I, I don't know a ton about... Um, the Mad King, because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't I didn't read the books really, um, and they've talked about him in passing on the show. But uh, but I you know I think she like she freed all the slaves in in uh, Easteros or, uh, or Marine Essos Marine, mm-hmm. Marine. Um, and so she you know she has so many merciful things about her. I just don't see how she could truly fall down that path of like a mad queen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's completely I, I acknowledge it's completely possible, and yeah. it would be interesting as hell to see that. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, probably, I could probably walk it back a little bit because, I mean, Cersei's already kind of taken over the whole, like, oh, right. the queen kind of thing. Right. Um, but I feel like maybe there's something there to, like, the power of the throne. Yeah, um, that's like, true. What it will do. Yeah. Um, also, I kind of wonder if, um, yeah, she's not actually the queen yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, they haven't had their transition meetings or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, and Cersei's no lame duck here. She's, <laughs> she's got her plans. Yeah. Um, but also I kind of feel like there may be more importance to, uh, Gendry and Arya. Like, oh, really? I kind of feel like maybe my theory, my pet theory at the end of the day is that I wonder if, like, after everything is said and done, uh, Danny's going to be gone. Uh, John's going to be gone. And the Cersei's gonna be dead, and Arya will give birth to a son who is a Baratheon by blood and thereby has the throne. Hmm. Um, I don't know how that would work or anything. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how are babies form? <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I that's that's something that I'm thinking about. Well, I don't know how the like how the. 
I mean, Robert Baratheon is basically a usurper. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, that's how he gained his right. That's why I say that Danny and John will have to be... Right, right. But, like, so why... If if Danny and John are gone and there's no Targaryens, there's no actual right, divine right, if you will, mm-hmm. um, what makes what makes Gendry and Arya's son the rightful heir? Like, why not a kid from Dorne, like like a prince from Dorne yeah. or whatever? Like, it's, I, I, I would think... In terms of the Baratheon blood, even though he's an, a usurper. Right. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I, don't know. I think I, mean, I think it would be kind of a weak ending. I, mean, I think it would be a power vacuum. Like it would be yeah. like whoever's the strongest mm. and gets to King's Landing first, right. you know, or whatever. Like it could be like I said, the zombified mountain. It could be a uh, could be Er Greyjoy. She could she oh, like, yeah. like screw you guys. I'm going to Yara. King's Yara. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, did uh, you say Er Greyjoy? I thought that was Yara. Oh no, I just think, Yara. I think it's Yara, but I, she has a different name in the books. Oh, does she? Um, okay. Yeah. Like, it could be her. She's a badass, and she's like, why not me? And she could just roll in there. Like I said, some person from Dorne or uh, Highgarden or whatever. Well, I guess they're all dead. But, oh, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying. Like the, Yeah. It's a power vacuum. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Curious. So to kind of wind things down, we have each come to this recording um, with a list. Mm-hmm. Uh, each of us have picked five characters who we think are going to die yeah. <laughs> in the impending Battle of Winterfell. Um, Tiny, do you want to run down your list, and I'll run down my list, and then we will talk about it. Sure. And I will actually uh, take my cut mine down, because I actually have nine names on here. <laughs> wow. Uh, the top of my list is Ed. Okay. Um, because let's face it, he should have been dead a long time ago. Right. Um, not a character with a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like they kind of telegraphed it. Mm-hmm. This week, where it was him, Sam, and John mm-hmm. on the the ramparts of Winterfell, and they're like, "Look at us, we're the only three left, or whatever." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, at least one of them's gone, and it's right. gonna be Ed." Um, so he's gone. I feel like the next four people on my list have been enjoying themselves way too much. Okay, and it's like you're not supposed to have nice things. Sure. You are the ones who are supposed to suffer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're having a good time, and it's just going to get ripped away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theon Greyjoy, mm-hmm. I think he could possibly die, and I feel like he kind of wants to. Yeah, to sort of make up for how he acted. Um, the Hound. Um, Interesting. Not nec- I guess for him, it's not necessarily that he's in such a good place because he can't be in a good place. He's right. just a a miserable person and always will be. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be ironic that he is the least humane person in like the whole series, arguably. Mm-hmm. And it would be funny if he died saving humanity. Right. Um, it would just be ironic. And I think it would be kind of fitting for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorah Mormont. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. There's some people who think, he could be significant in some way. I yeah. can't remember. There's way too many theories floating around. Yeah, it's in like, the whole mythology, like he, people are saying that he could be the prince that was promised, right, by the Lord of Light, right, Asarasai or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that that's signified by the fact that um, Sam gave him the sword. Yeah. Okay. The Valyrian steel. Right. So I think again, he's just um. He's he's happy that he's back yeah. serving as queen and stuff like that, and I feel like he's got some downfall coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Grey Worm. 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think it, he's definitely gonna go. He's he's gonna he's he's gonna die. Yeah. Because he's too happy. He can't be right. that happy with Melisandre. Yep. Or no, well, what's her name? Um, uh, oh, Melisandre. Uh, it's something similar, like Missande. Missande. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't really care about them. <laughs> right. I, I don't care about their relationship. I, it's it's really. Like she's super hot, but dude, you don't have a dick. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, also, like their kind of relationship was, I believe it was season six. I could be wrong, but I feel like when when they had the most screen time as like a couple on screen, mm-hmm. um, that was at a time in the series where I was not yeah. feeling like the storyline. Me too. Um, because I think that was around the time like Danny was dealing with the the masked like cult people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I got those confused. Uh, they were like sons of the harpy and I got them confused with the, the sparrows and King's King's landing. Yeah. And they had like so much stuff going on. I'm just like, I just want to see people's throat gets throats get cut. Right. Um, so those were your five. Yeah. And like, again, that's going to be more than five. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to um, run them down real quick again? Just, yeah. Uh, Ed, Theon, Greyjoy, the hound, Jorah, Mormont and Grey Worm. That's interesting because I have only two of those. Ooh, on interessante. Okay, interessante. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, okay, so no particular order. Um, Tormund, uh, Giant Spain. Okay. As much as I don't want to see him die, yeah. I feel like his time is gonna come. I really hope not. He's so fun. He is so much fun. Yeah. And he's so strong from from <laughs> drinking the giant's milk. <laughs> she suckled me at her teeth. <laughs> For three months. <laughs> God. Um, next one on the list is Grey Worm, because, come on. Yeah. Because uh, I think my rationale is like, okay, the whole Unsullied and everything, like, now that Danny and John are together and they're at Winterfell and everything, like, there's there's no story left for the, any of the Unsullied, including Grey Worm. Right. And they had the whole, like, Fast and Furious kind of thing, where it's like, oh, we're going to get away from this. <laughs> yeah. One last job. That, that was, it's like they were telegraphing it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one is going to be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, I'm going to preface this by saying that um, you can't have, during the run of the whole series, you can't have a major episode or major battle without losing one person from a specific family. So I think that <laughs> Bran Stark is going to die. Okay, wow. Um, and the reason behind that is I kind of feel like that, again, and it's not fair to necessarily say like to, to each one of these, like, oh, it was telegraphed, because the entire... The entire last episode was all about just saying, like, oh, hey, all of these people are going to die. <laughs> right. But I feel like there is a level of importance to be levied on the fact that uh, they had the scene where Tyrion was like, oh, hey, Bran, uh, tell me all everything that you said, everything you experienced. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like that's, like, the way of, you know, Bran's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, on that same kind of token, uh, Theon, I think he is a goner as well, especially... And it, it's going to be nice, theoretically, theoretically, um, <laughs> to see him, in my eyes, probably, potentially, uh, nobly, like, sacrificing himself for Bran. Mm. Um, because he is going to be there protecting Bran in the, in the God, Godwood. Right. Godswood. Um, so, and I think that he's, I think that that's going to be a pivotal moment in the episode. Yeah. Um, that could negate Bran dying, so. Okay. Uh, one or the other. Uh, or both if they really want to be harsh. Um, my number five is kind of, I'm a little dodgy on this. Um, Gendry. 
Um, oh, okay. Because I feel like either Gendry or Arya is going to die, and I don't see Arya dying. Okay. Um, but who knows? Yeah. Fuck, who knows? Yeah, who does? Um. Also, I like we didn't mention the scene with John and Arya in the Godswoods when Godswood when uh she like she shows him her sword and how she still has it and everything. And mm-hmm. Freaking great scene where he's like, "Have you have you killed anyone with it?" And she's like, "Some." And it's just like perfect like that's the perfect amount of dialogue in that scene it's like invade conveys so much and kind of just communicates how much time has passed between these two characters and stuff yeah um also um uh i keep saying like just randomly i keep saying needle <laughs> um, i try to say it like needle, needle. Yeah. um so that's my five the uh, uh tormund gray worm bran theon and gendry okay um and to kind of round us out uh, here, I do want to mention, I do think there are certain characters, and this is going to be maybe famous last words, or I may be having egg on my face when this episode airs, because I feel like there are certain characters that have plot armor, for lack of a better term. Aegon Targaryen in your face? Y- yes. <laughs> I don't know why, I'm sorry. Oh, did you see my tweet? I don't know. Oh, I was so proud of it. Um, but it, it's a stupid tweet that just said, like, um... Oh God! When the truth comes out about John's heritage, he's really gonna have some egg on his face. <laughs> anyway, nice, uh, great minds. But um, so I feel like Jamie and Tyrion are safe because they've got you know stuff to deal with in King's Landing with Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, and John and Danny <laughs> because they've got stuff to deal with too. Yeah. And also, I feel like the Hound is maybe safe because. People online are always talking about <laughs> Clegane Bowl. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. The final like fight between him and the mountain. Right. Um, and I feel like if they just killed him off at Winterfell, it would be a little anticlimactic. For sure, sure. But this is a show ha- that has proven for seven seasons that plot armor doesn't mean shit. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone can die. Absolutely. Um, I also had the kind of very uh, demented thought... That like, and this is more jokey than anything, but I thought that, um, what if like D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, what if they are so just done? Like they're so, like they went into season eight and they're like, oh, we're so fucking burnt out. Um, <laughs> let's just finish, like, let's just tell them we have six episodes and, and we'll just figure it out. Yeah. And so what if they get to this episode and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. And they kill everyone at Winterfell <laughs> and the Night King raises them up as whites and the whole, like, the last three episodes are just them going to King's Landing and massacring everything. Oh, my God. Um, would never happen in a million years, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Damn. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention real quick. Um, oh, it was really good, too. Man, hang on. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So, I don't remember who tweeted this... Um, <laughs> when the first episode aired, because the people were talking about like, oh, we don't even know what the episode's title is. Um, and someone tweeted and said like, uh, come on guys, the episode is titled The Friends We Made Along the Way. <laughs> um, which I love that as like a joke, a running joke throughout the internet and stuff, just like, oh, the real Game of Thrones was The Friends We Made Along the Way. <laughs> it's just, I, I have just an affinity for that. But after watching the second episode, I was like, it's funny to me that, like, okay, that joke got a, I got a kick out of that joke, but the second episode is literally the friends we made along the way. Yep, pretty <laughs> like, much. That is exactly what this episode was. <laughs> yep. Um, do you think, or do you, do you think any characters, 
are safe from being killed on Sunday? I really don't think so. Interesting. Um, I, I don't think so. But I don't think they're going to kill everybody either. No. Like, you know, people keep saying that. Like, they're not going to kill John and Danny. Right. I don't, I don't think so. Mm. At least not in one episode. Yeah. Um, Do you think the people in the crypts are safe? Uh, I think that's kind of speculation. Mm. I, I think they are. Mm-hmm. But All of this is speculation. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I think they are, but I... It, it could very well be the case that, you know, everyone in the crypt is raised. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening, and it would be, be cool to see. There was a, uh, our friend Jenny actually <laughs> posted a, uh, a picture of a passage from, like, the first, the first book that's, that was about, like, Jon Snow having a nightmare where the crypts in Winterfell, like, uh, came back to, like, people, like, the, the remains came back, like, came back to mm-hmm. life and was chasing him. Um, and, like, okay. I don't see that happening um, at all. I think that that would be a little bit of a stretch, even for Game of Thrones, because I feel like it's implied that the Night King has to touch someone to make them rise up. Right, right. Um, but I do want to say that I think that there was such an emphasis. Like, there are, like, maybe multiple lines in the second episode, at least twice, that someone says, like, oh, you're going to be safe in the crypts. Yeah. And so I feel like if... Someone says you're going to be safe somewhere in Game of Thrones. You're not going to be safe somewhere in Game of Thrones. Right, right. So I think uh, that'll that'll be kind of uh, we'll we'll see how it, we'll report back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was uh, Jon Snow, the actor. Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. Thank you. Um, he was on one of the late night shows, mm-hmm. and he said that the this battle mm-hmm. coming up took them fifty five nights to film. <sighs> God. 55 nights to film it. That's insane. It's crazy. Like, <clears throat> peek behind the curtain. We have planned to do, like, episode reviews, like, pair up episodes, like, two episodes like this for the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm. But I'm going to pitch a, an audible. <laughs> um, maybe we should just dedicate next week's episode to the Battle of Winterfell, because I feel like there's yeah. going to be a lot to dissect. I think there will be. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I'm really hoping to see Bran uh, use his warg skills on a dragon. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Like, control a dragon. Ooh, that would be cool. And it would be especially cool if he tried to warg into the ice dragon. Yeah. And take over it and turn it against the Night King, and that's how the Night King gets killed. Oh, that would be cool. That'd that be would cool be cool as so shit. so freaking cool. Yeah. But I also would love to see... The two good dragons fight the ice dragon. Oh, me too. I mean, that's kind of a tragic thing, sort mm. of. Um, Do you think one of the dragons will die? Probably. Mm. I think so. Um, I think, you know, if there's a happy ending to this battle, and they win, and later on they march on King's Landing, I think she will be doing... I think Khaleesi will be marching on King's Landing with at least one dragon. Mm. Okay. I'd be surprised if she weren't. Yeah. But... I agreed. But... If that happens, mm-hmm. we'll see. I think it'd be cool if Bran like took over war, used his work skills to go to like get into the ice dragon, and he uses it to kill the ice king or the night king right before the night king is about to kill him. That would be cool. Like the night king left his dragon off yonder, mm-hmm. and then Bran goes all wide eyed, and he's just sitting there, and the night king's walking up to him, about to stab him, and the dragon just comes in and just kills the night king 
That would be awesome. Like, if like, are you saying like they would kill the Night King and Bran? Yeah, he'd like kind okay. of sacrifice himself. That, but also take out the Night King. Man, I'm gonna be disappointed if that doesn't happen. <laughs> I know, like that'd be that'd be cool as That'll shit to see. That'll yeah. be good. Right. Um, well, I think we can kind of wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, bonus, bonus conjecture and everything. Uh, as we're recording this, it's Thursday, April twenty seventh, fifth, twenty fifth. Yeah. Um, as we're recording this, people across the country are watching Avengers Endgame. Yes. I'm not going to get to see it until probably Saturday. Right. Uh, Tiny, you're going to see it Monday or Tuesday. Probably. Um, in the spirit of this episode that we're doing uh who do you think is gonna die in endgame i think at least one major avenger is gonna die mm-hmm. and i think it's gonna be like i don't think it's gonna be like uh i don't think it's gonna be like hawkeye mm-hmm. like i think it's gonna be cap or uh, iron man mm-hmm. or thor i think it's gonna be one of those big three or it could be two of them i don't even know mm-hmm. uh, but i think one of them is gonna die Interesting. amongst others mm-hmm um, I really think Tony and Cap are gonna die. Both of them. Both of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially Cap. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm fairly certain he's probably gonna gonna die. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I think that Ant Man is gonna warg into. Uh, <laughs> I, I I got nothing. <laughs> he's gonna warg into the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> nice. and use it to take out that. The whole thing about Ant Man shrink. You've heard this. Oh before. yeah, yeah. Ant Man shrinking down and going into uh, Thanos's ass. And yeah. Becoming big. Right. Um. That is something. It is something. <laughs> I enjoy that. Why wouldn't he go into his ear? Yeah. <laughs> like why does it have to be his ass? Because people are gross. <laughs> Fair, fair. Um, also, have they confirmed if next week's episode is an extended episode? Um, they did confirm the runtime for all the episodes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, we actually talked about it in the last episode. But I didn't, I didn't think they did all the episodes. Yeah. They I did? So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. Ugh. Episode 3 is going to be 82 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Craziness gonna be a good one yeah gonna be uh, cool well i think we can put a bow on this episode i think so too so yeah once again guys uh thank you guys so much for listening uh let us know who you think is going to die um (laughs) not just in game of thrones and endgame just who do you think's gonna die in general yeah um your neighbor uncle bob yeah i know yeah uh uh that's fucked up (laughs) it is yeah but yeah, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think, and uh, we'll be back next week. I think we're going to do Battle of Winterfell, um, and then maybe eventually we'll do something on Tower Junkies. <laughs> um, but yeah. check out Anthology for my bonus reviews of the new Twilight Zone, hosted by Jordan Peele, and also the OG Twilight Zone. Um, I'm kind of hitting my groove there at the expense of this podcast and Tower Junkies, so uh, check out that. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Um, and then, like, the app just sucks. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the, the quality of the stream isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, basically, the, the 
ending of the second episode. That's like, right. Just, just didn't get to see it. Like, the app just was like, oh, we're done. God. It was like, try back later. I was like, what the F? Do you have a thumb drive with you? Uh, yes. Okay. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OVArchive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Feckus and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower Series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!